Courtside of the Virtual Hardwood, it's the MYC Podcast. This is episode number 474. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. Joining me as always, my co-host Derek. He is DP3 in our forum, and also on Twitter at DP3G and DP384. Derek, we have another guest today. So this is incredibly exciting. Our special guest today is my favorite streaming personality and overall one of my favorite content creators. He is the commissioner and host of the NBA 2K23 Elite Street League. King J. Mace, welcome to the show. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. I appreciate y'all. This is big. Yeah, we've been looking to have you on the show for a while, and I've tuned into probably a dozen streams of yours, and it never gets old watching you connect with the community. And I wanted to actually kick this show off by discussing the Elite Street League. So this league has become, you know, a big hit in the basketball gaming community. Even just the recently added download to the download section of the NLSC has around 150 downloads, which is a pretty big deal. Uh can you tell us a little bit? Yeah, I know. Like if you haven't checked in on that, um it's there's a lot of people downloading this mod and getting in on the action can you tell us a little bit about that mod and how the league works so the esl man the esl is a passion project of mine i wanted to bring back a real feel of actual street ball but in a more organized setting like we have blacktop blacktop is cool they have like obviously all the park modes on 2K that I don't feel like paying a thousand dollars so my player can be a 99. <laughs> so this was my compromise of like, okay, if M1 was like the NBA and I could get different teams from different regions and have rosters be semi balanced, we can make this fun. So originally it was on 2K22. My boy One True Kid helped me out with a lot of jerseys, a lot of floors. We were cooking up contests from things from next gen. I was taking screenshots. We were just trying to make 30 teams and 30 different street ball environments where everybody could play and you could see who was really the best. I could have a Jamal Crawford and a J.R. Smith on the same team as a Kobe. Jordan can come down with Magic and Bird. And just bringing all types of different players that you would never get to see play against each other in one competitive environment. And then with 23, we were able to get to be online because of Parsec and finding people that I played online matchups against. And we finally got enough people for a league. And then we started the ESL online streetball league. So it was 10 teams, one game a week, nothing crazy on the schedule. And we would live stream every game. I commentate the games and I try to make it feel like you had Rucker Parker Dykeman but in the safety of your home. So I try to bring the energy. If somebody gets dunked on, I'm going to take on his head. Like I'm going to try to make it feel a little bit like NBA street, a little like NBA jam. I just want you to really feel the energy. We all talk a lot. We all talk a little bit of trash. Like it's a fun league and it just gets, it's like my own pro-am scene without people running five out all day. That's the best way I can describe it. That's what I love about it is that, there's so much nonsense in the online scene. I'm, I'm not involved with it anymore. As I've said before, just can't be bothered grinding every year a new player to get to, uh, to or, or indeed pay for it, as you said, to uh, to play Park or play Pro-Am or play the Wreck. And the Wreck is just complete garbage, obviously. I've talked about that on many occasions. But I love how you've got that great community uh, spirit and you've got that scene going where you don't have that toxicity, you don't have all that nonsense. You've just got people having fun, which is what we're supposed to be doing with video games. 
that's a fact. It's just I don't have the patience. Like I played a lot of pro am. I would. The thing is, I ran point guard. So now me having to run the whole offense and putting lockdowns on me, I'm getting double, triple team. Like this is like, all right, this is cool. But at the same time, this has now become stressful. This is not as fun as I wanted it to be. So the ESL lets you play now so we can have real competition. We can change all the courts. There's so many different environments we have in the ESL. Brought back attack athletics with the help of my guy, Caillou. TG so good, helped out with that. Kamatawi. We got all different jerseys, and the rosters are different. So there's the original rosters that we downloaded with the mod, the ESL public one. You download that. The NBA Street Legends are a team, and they have Stretch Monroe is back, Bonafide, Takashi, Biggs, like all the guys I played with when I was like five years old. There's other affiliation teams. You could play with a Chris Move, a Shakedown. You could have Kobe on the same team as like a Ticino. There's just so many different things that can happen that it really brings an element of I don't know how I'm going to win this game. You actually have to think how you're going to win these games because the sliders aren't easy. Kevin Garnett will dunk on you, slap the backboard, run back down, and block your shot. You have to figure that out. It's just good to have a bunch of legends in the mod, have a bunch of the older players that some people may not know. You might not realize how nice Stephon Marbury really was, but now you put some of my old favorite point guards in these type of street environments. Now Steve Francis has 30 at the half. That's fun. It's a different thing. It's just a different way to play and just bring some light to an era where I was too young to fully enjoy it through that whole one era. So this is the way of trying to bring it back through 2K. Yeah, the possibilities with this mod are endless, and I think that's one of my favorite things about it. It's the flexibility of it, right? Because you're mixing, you know, content creators, um, you know, real-life basketball personalities, NBA players, street legends, et cetera, mixing them all in the same league. Um, and it's people that, you know, the community knows and that they're, they're going to want to use on the virtual hardwood. I, I've tuned in to many of your streams i've been in the chat a few times and one of my favorite things about when you're streaming is just how into it everybody is in the chat and some of these people that are in the chat they don't even really play the game that much they just love your on-air personality they love the on-court action they love the competition and they love the uniqueness of that mod do you ever look in on the chat and just like get a big smile on your face I do because it's hard to imagine. Like, oh, I started this, I think, three years ago. I remember being happy because I had more than 10 subscribers. So now when I see people, like, actually engaging in the chat, I had a lot of people tell me that I was wasting my time trying to make a street ball mod, trying to make a street league. Oh, it's not going to work. You're not in the algorithm. So, like, I fought through, like, a year 22, I could have, Wrote a lot of waves, made a bunch of build videos, all that stuff. But this was just something I really was like dead set on. That I need this to work. I want people to see this. And it's just cool to look at the chat and see people actually engaging with something and seeing that it worked. Seeing people enjoy it. Seeing people like, oh, I want so-and-so to win. There's people who are fans of the guys in the league now. Everyone can get more followers on the Instagram, get a lot of the content. Because I have so many players in the ESL real life hoopers that people now can go up there and like see their content and now everybody gets more views everybody knows oh he's undefeated we want to see if he stays undefeated today oh this is the best hooper in canada we have my boy masinko he's from nebraska so we always joke on 
bro, you're the one hooper I know in the middle of Omaha. Like, where, like, so we all have, like, inside jokes we all make. We all just have a good time on there, bro, just to see people in the chat engaging. Even the championship game, Rob Davis was in there trolling with all the cheese emojis. I played my boy Cheesy, and I was losing. And just seeing that, it's just cool that, like, they're literally following the league has its own storylines and own narratives. It's just amazing to really watch that. And let's not forget, I mean, we've talked about some legends here and some big names and content creators and, of course, big names in NBA history. But the legend himself, Terry Hansen, is also in there. Yep, on the NLSC exclusive squad. I got the blessing from my guys, man. They let me have, because I had to make sure, and I made sure for y'all, it was going to be a 1,000% free one. Nobody got to pay for anything. Terry Hansen is a bucket. We have D for three at a 96 overall with the backwards hat and the bread 11s shooting from wherever he wants. Like, it's really cool. Andrew has his plan. He banged. He actually banged on D-Wade in the trailer. That's the 2K14 you because I don't have all the great animations of 2K14, like throwing off the glass on the people. But you did catch a body on the baseline. That was fire. <laughs> It meant a lot to us, actually, to be in that mod and to see me with the backwards hat. Um, you had a rough first game using me there, but you were trying to get used to my signature shot and everything. I actually had to tune into that when I'm like, how can I not tune into a game where I'm being represented on the virtual hardwood? Um, but it sounds like uh, I got a little bit better the more you know people started using me in that mod. Uh, we loved being represented, uh, represented, didn't we, Andrew? Oh, for sure. And, and I love being, love having those signature moments because again going back to the the actual online scene of, of 2k the official online scene if you will 2k prime etc all the metagaming that goes on and you've got to pick this uh you got to pick this animation and that animation and that build and like you say all the build videos out there and look i, I don't want to dump on people's hard work there's people doing uh, some good work for the community uh, and for, i mean as, as much as it can be with the game going down that road of being so uh, heavy uh, in metagaming but just being able to have that that personality of the uh, esl uh, just reminds me of, of old school gaming where you pick the animation that looked like your jump shot and, uh, and just created yourself and had fun. And, and again, that's what I love so much about your content is that it's celebrating and having fun with basketball games. It's not about working to have fun. It's not about cheating the game or cheating the game or anything like that. It, it's just basketball. It's it's Desire's Creed. Don't play video games, play basketball. That's what you're doing, and uh, and I love it. It's good basketball too, man. We really try not – like you can dribble. There's there were some misconceptions of people saying that I was trying to kill dribble gods or so, someone was upset at me about something. <laughs> yeah. But I had a two I think it was two K nineteen. I had a pure point guard dribble god build. I just have it set up in my league that as much as you wanna go ISO and go your little hardened bag and step back, step back, step back. That's cool. But there are people who are who can play defense and will lock it up. So it's balanced. I don't feel like we have enough balance in the let's call it the standard 2k online scene i have a lot of advantages on offense but i randomly slide on defense sometimes so i tried to make sure the esl you feel like you have control on both ends you can bump somebody a little bit without it being a foul you can actually box out some people trap on everything some people only trap in corners like everyone has their own play style so it makes it harder you know you come in the wreck all right, these guys going to go five out, then they're going to play two-three zone on this end. You can only shoot here, here, and here. Oh, this is a bad shot. We're not giving him the ball anymore. The ESL, no, it is the jungle. If someone can go get 50 on you, he's going to try to get 50 on you. So it makes it real competitive. 
it feels like summertime basketball. Well, the thing oh, is, yeah. you know, if you know if if you want to represent real street ball, real street ball is physical. It has attitude, right? Um, especially like when you were growing up, and you know when I was a big fan of it uh, back in the day and whatnot. When and one basketball was a big thing. Um, when NBA Street was coming out and everything, you know, you see all the cool moves on the um, on the blacktop and whatnot. But a lot of the moves get stopped, right? by great defense. Like you're going to try to throw it off my face. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And I'm going to dunk on you on the other end. Right. So like defense is a huge part of street ball and that street ball game and that street ball attitude. And I love how you highlight that on your streams and in your gameplay, because you're not just showing the great offense. You're showing the great, you know, the great blocks, the great steals, Etc. But yeah, real blacktop gameplay, real blacktop games in real life and real street ball defense is a big deal. And physicality is a big deal. You got to impose your will on somebody. You're just going to let dude keep blowing by you. You might get hand checked this play now. Somebody might hold you when you try and cut through the lane. Like that's how it really goes. So I try to really emulate that as much as I can in 2K because defense matters, man. It's cool to go get 30, but if I can shut you down, like, nah, you trash because you only scored five. I'm going to do that and we're going to laugh. Defense matters. you got to play both ends. Not enough people play both ends, or they make a 99 pure lock bill with 55 Hall of Fame badges and hit square really fast. And that's defense to them. Nope, slide your feet. <laughs> that's all you got to do. Slide your feet, play smart, actually box out, actually get a board. Like, that. you can't just play offense in the ESL. You will not make it in here. I've seen dudes score 50 and still lose. you got to clamp up. So we wanted our listeners to know a little bit more about you. Um, what is your basketball background, like playing in real life, you know, on the virtual hardwood uh, and otherwise? So as far as real life goes, my first words, and y'all can actually ask my father, my first words were two points. I loved basketball since I was a little boy. I thought I was going to the NBA. Then I realized very quickly at 5'8", well, really 5'6". <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. But I would always hoop. I would go to – we had a, um, a basketball court down the street from my high school. So every warm day, bring your ball, bring your – have your shorts on, your regular clothes. As soon as 3 o'clock hit, everybody change and run down to the basketball courts. And that court is actually where I grew up. Like, that's why I first went to actually see my father play and actually, like, physically touch a ball. I grew up playing just outside a lot. When we would have half days, we would play like different people from different schools who would be on their teams. Like we would play all the prep kids. We're near where Seton Hall Prep is. Some other like famous prep schools in Jersey where like J.R. Smith went to, Roselle Catholic. Like we would play against anybody. So you would go outside. And that's the thing with Jersey. You'll come outside and end up playing like three former pros and think that you're just playing on the blacktop. No, this guy has a tryout for Spain next week. He just feels like dunking on somebody right now. You're on the floor. You either going to do it or you're not. So playing outside a lot as a young boy helped you grow up fast, helped your game get a lot better. You learn to play through the physicality. So as far as real life, a lot of one-on-one tournaments, a lot of getting people to bet me some bread to play a one-on-one. So we do a lot of that up here. And then virtually, um, I started – my first game was NBA Live 2002. I was in kindergarten, and I had my PlayStation 1, and Steve Francis was on the cover. And all I wanted to do was get the 90s All-Star team and run up and down the floor and go get a bunch of buckets. 
because that and a lot of NBA Street. My grandma got me my first PS2 game. NBA Street was my first one. And I played City Circuit all day. I just wanted to keep winning, unlock all the players, unlock the Yeti, beat Jordan. I wanted to do all that. So it helped get a good base, man. I was alive in a good time to start playing basketball video games and start hooping in general. So it's interesting, you know, Derek and I, uh, being a little bit older, feel that we started out in the golden age of, of basketball games. And I guess it's, it's we all have that nostalgia, right, for that, uh, that very first game, that very first introduction into basketball. And I, I love hearing the stories about that, uh, the basketball culture that you were able to uh, get involved with there in real life as well. I mean, basketball is popular in Australia. It is a popular sport, but we don't. it's not the national sport, if you will. So we don't kind of have that same uh, basketball culture that you uh, do in the States, obviously. And it's always something I've looked on with a bit of envy, you know, looking over there in the, the street ball uh, and everything and that uh, and, and the pickup atmosphere, etc. And you see it in movies, of course, you see it uh, with the uh, the N1 mixtapes and everything. But but yeah, no, that, that is that is awesome. And uh, yeah, again, Derek and I have talked about getting into basketball gaming with Double Dribble or Live 95 or the original NBA Jam. But uh, yeah, getting into it with Live, uh, you know, Live 2002 coming out uh, as I was, uh, as we were sort of getting towards the end of high school. So it's interesting to get that perspective from somebody who was getting into it. And that that's your, your introduction to basketball gaming and uh, your and where your nostalgia lies. Yeah, man, I loved it. it was, I had NBA, because I'm, I'm a little younger. I'm about to turn 26 in like 10 days now. So NBA Street came out 01. I was four. So I remember like playing NBA Street and just learning all the street legends the um and one video game they had out for PS2. I remember playing that a lot when I was younger. NBA Live 2002 was the best thing because I got to play with Iverson. I got to play with Baron Davis. I got to play with Steve Francis. All the guys I would watch like on VHS tapes with my father or on the DVDs once the DVDs started getting bigger. It was cool to like, go in-game and play with these people. And I grew up – I call myself a young old head because my father introduced me to the history of the game very early. So now I'm going in – I met Dr. J, I think, in six, but I played with him in NBA Live on the 80s All-Star team all the time, and I'm telling Dr. J all his stats back. He's like, why does this little six-year-old know, like, everything I did in the 80s? <laughs> That's awesome. And he was real cool. He was real cool. Dr. J, like, let me come up on the table with him. He signed some stuff for me and everything. Like, I still have, like, he was just real cool, the real cool guy. And it was just – it was cool because I got to actually – play with my favorite players and once i started being able to do that and like oh iverson's really fast like how he looks on tv i can go buy this person when they started adding a little signature crosses little signature dunk packages vince carter doing his real 360 lebron really pulling the ball all the way back when he dunks like a lot of that stuff started happening when i was younger so as i got older i started growing up and just watching how now we have like whole animation packs based off how somebody jabs their right foot like the level of detail now is really cool because i remember what we started from i remember biggie lil's doing a cartwheel with the ball was like oh you gotta hit r2 and square and do it like this and now it's a million animations man it's just beautiful to watch the evolution and everything i gotta say though that and one basketball game for ps2 i revisited it recently i actually want to play you on it on parsec that game's super underrated you can pull off a lot of cool things. And my favorite guy to use in that game is Escalade because he's just so big and you can take off with him from like the foul line. And it looks so awkward yet cool in the game. And you can just do so many like cool alley-oops, like bounce alley-oops, bounce off the glass, just off the glass in general and everything. Um, I find that game super underrated um, in the basketball gaming space. I do have a question. Did you ever play organized basketball? 
I did. I played it up until middle school. High school, they kind of had their point guards already picked out. I kind of knew how that was going to go. So if I played you, knowing that you were already going to be on the team because your dad coach or your dad know so-and-so from AAU, I just kind of made it a point that if I ever played you to do you bad, just to show you, like, bro, you're not that nice. You're just a favorite. So I didn't play high school, but up to middle school, it was cool. I My father actually coached me. We won um, back-to-back championships in the league out in our town and everything. Some of my closest friends I still hoop with today I actually met through that league. Like, the first person to give me 30, my boy Charles, I played him. I think I had, like, 28, and he had 30. He, LeBron, chased down my shot. We were in sixth grade, and I would never seen anyone jump that high. I'm going by. I'm like, okay, it's cool. Rip through, go right. I went to lay the ball up. Like, who the, who did that? Just some low <laughs> random ball, had to do running back down, and then scoring on me. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a game. So it was just like we used to have a lot of fun in those leagues and like middle school and all that. But I ain't playing high school. Our squad wasn't that crazy though. Like we didn't win a lot of games out here. We're not known for that, sadly. But would you, it was some good hoopers that came through my school though. Yeah. Would you agree though that you probably learned a little bit more playing pickup than you did organized basketball? Like for 100%. yeah, for me, I I feel like I learned. I, I got tougher by playing pickup, and I learned. Um, more discipline and I even learned more fundamentals by playing pickup. Would you agree that that's kind of like how the experience with you? 1000% man. Cause the thing is right. When you're young and you go out there, like, cause now I drive by like the courts of my town. Like I don't see a lot of kids out there, which is insane to me, but you learn how to play through so much more physicality. This 30 year old man who just got off of work does not care that you don't like that you felt that was an illegal screen. You better run through it. You better run around it and stop crying. He scored. You better go score right back. You learn so much more playing with a lot of the older heads in my town. You learn more about ball movement. They're not just having one dude just sit up there and dribble all day, set one screen. Like you got 50 year old men out here setting back picks. They going here. They calling for the ball in the post. We have this one group of old guys I used to play with every Sunday, like six in the morning. They would move the balls like they were the Spurs. I'm like, he's throwing behind the back passes out the post. They have been playing with each other since they were in like second grade, and now they're all 50 plus. So like they know exactly where so and so is going to be in the corner. Like you learn so much more playing against different styles of people and you don't really know a lot of these guys until like you get used to the runs and start like seeing more people consistently through the years you gotta figure it out very quick like all right cool we know how this town plays they only shoot threes you do not know these random five men on this court and he looked tall and fast you better figure it out so you learn that that very quickly a lot of people talking crazy to you you either gonna fight back you're gonna be a hammer and nail so you learn to build that grit that determination and then everything we play in game 11, game 15, game 21, you got to want – look, I always want the ball. When it's game point, give me the ball, move out the way we good. You build, like, those type of characteristics. You build that kind of instinct like you just want to go score on anybody. Because now if you lose, you're going to sit. It's not like how it is now. They got all these nice rec centers and everyone's like, oh, well, you're playing at this time. and time. Bro, if you lose, you might be out here sitting here for three hours waiting for next. So you better not lose. So it taught me a lot playing outside as a young boy, man. That was one of the best times of my life. Before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, mb-live.com, as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. 
if you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are The NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball. And on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. So I have another question for you. Uh, I've listened to multiple streams recently, and one of the things I keep hearing you keep hearing you say is, "I'm from Jersey. We play defense." So I know you're from New Jersey. Um, is this a thing? Is this a thing in New Jersey? If you don't play defense out here, you will have a bad time. <laughs> I, you can play at any point. If you come out here, I'll bring you some runs out here at any point. You can be playing legitimate pros. We had a Thursday night league we used to play in Jersey City in this church. Great league, University League, great league. We were in there, we hooping. Some little dude was just running around like hard and stepped back, and he was like lefty. He would just pull, knock down every time. Two days later, I checked dude's Instagram. He was signed to go overseas and go back playing in Spain. Oh, I thought this was just a cool league after work. You will play anybody out here, bro. So if you don't play defense, and I start when you're young, if you don't play defense, you won't get picked up. Like, it's cool. We know you can shoot, but you can't stop anybody on the other end. That's really a thing. I've seen people get picked up 94 feet in the park. It is 8 a.m. Why are you picking me up? That's how it is out here. So I tell people all the time, as soon as I start locking you up and you'll hear it on the streams, Okay, you did that crossover three times. Now I can time it. Pluck, that's my I'm from Jersey. Play defense, lay me now, score, and start clapping, talking crazy, having a good time because that's what we do outside in real life. I love going out of the state and playing people in this career. I'm from Jersey. We play defense over here. Then you get a stop. It just makes it hit so much more, man. So I've listened to many content creators and you are my favorite personality on the mic uh your approach to commentary always reminds me of rucker park the early and one basketball days um nba street volumes one and two etc which of these inspired you the most and why were you drawn to that commentary style first off being your favorite commentator is fire i appreciate that that's crazy (laughs) that's that's amazing I got my stuff, really, I grew up, I'm an Air One baby. Like, I had Air One Mixtape Volume 2 on the sharp, like, on the um, VHS tape with my father writing the Sharpie, writing which one it was. That was when you used to get the VHS tape with the sneakers, because my pops would get all the sneakers, so we would get all the Air One tapes. So I grew up, like, that's how, if I wasn't watching the NBA game, I was probably watching an Air One game. And then I would watch the Rucker Park games and just hear like all the legends on the mic. And now as I got older, I went to Rucker Park. Rucker Park is still fire to this day. He finally redid the court. It's really nice now. Before it was a little lopsided. It was it was it was warm, but the NBA really redid it and got it right. I love Rucker Park and I love Dykeman, man. The Reds carpet, a street ball, my boy Cha Ching. That's where I got top floor from. My guy Cha Ching. But I love that style because it just I feel like it makes everyone play harder because now you got someone commentating the whole game, like the mic volume, the way they do it out there. The music is on. They got DJs out there. Everybody, the crowd's there. It's cool. 
the mic cuts through everything. They make sure everything is crisp and clear. So if someone crosses you, I'm like, oh, my God, where is he going? The whole crowd, like, ooh. So it amps everything up. So I try and use it almost as incentive for people to really hoop. Because, all right, you don't want me to tell you you got banged on. You should probably play defense. You probably should slot your feet because he just made you look real crazy. So, like, I love just bringing that energy. And it makes it more fun to watch the game like that, too, because that's kind of how my brain processes these games. And if y'all ever hoop with me in real life one day, you'll see it. I talk how I do on YouTube in the middle of the game. So it's just like it's me being myself. I don't have to, like, force it for YouTube. This is just what I've grown up around. So it kind of makes it more fun because it's just I'm naturally being myself. So it's really fun to just commentate these games with a high-energy style. People gravitate towards it. People enjoy it. You got people that are just like, I'll get on the phone with my friends, like, talk for now. And I just start crying, laughing. It's like, oh, y'all really are watching it now. So it's cool to just have – People want these moments now. Now when they call for ice, I'm like, clear it out like Dykeman. Now they're going at each other one-on-one. It's just fun to have a style where there's more passion in it. I can't really just do it in a boring way. That wouldn't make the league kind of trash. It wouldn't be as fun for me to do what I do. Well, you nailed it right there. You touched on a very important point that why your content is so awesome, why you've built this following, why people love your content as we do, is that you have that authenticity. And that's so important that you you care about this content, that it is you, that is your personality, that is the way you, that is the representation of how you love basketball. You're not you're not being fake, you're not being phony, you're not bringing some contrived personality to the table. This is how you approach basketball and basketball gaming, and people re- really respond to that. And it is so important as a content creator to have that unique voice and, and to speak uh, from the heart and, and to be genuine with your content. So I really do admire that. I appreciate y'all, man, because you gotta care, you gotta love what you do. You gotta care about what you do. Definitely, that's the thing. Like, I you can hear when people are like, "All right, I'm just doing this because YouTube is paying me, bro." I was doing this before YouTube, and YouTube still isn't paying that much. I still gotta go to work, so it's like I'm still doing it because I'm having fun with it. I'm doing it because I care about. It. I'm doing it because now guys got something to look for. All right, cool. Work may have been trash today, but I know I have an ESL game. As soon as I get out of work, I can get on there. I might be watching film on the games at work. Like it's just it makes it easier. Even when we do the streams, we'll do the blacktop runs. We'll play blacktop plus. We'll do like invitationals. We play AU games. All that it gives you. It just makes everything so much better, man. It feels good to like know that people like want to play. Like no, mates, we need you to commentate. All right, cool. I was going to chill today. I didn't think I needed it, but they wanted. They wanted it. So it's just like, it's really cool to see people gravitate towards the style and enjoy the fact that like, yeah, I'm poking fun. Yeah, we're talking crazy. But like, at the end of the day, like everyone understands what it is and no one gets mad. No one gets all hurting in their feelings. Because I say, oh, top floor now. And he dunked on three of your people. Like, you're a little mad in the moment, but you get back down on the next play and you just keep it moving, man. It's just cool to have people that embrace my style and don't be like, oh my God, you're doing too much. Like, people really enjoy it. So it's cool to know that people enjoy me being me. Also, who doesn't want a hype man? Who doesn't love a hype man? And almost like in any facet of life, like 
you're about to take a test for school and somebody's hyping you up telling you you're going to pass right you're going to do great right. and everything that gets you pumped you know when you're maybe you're out at the bar or something like that and there's a girl across the way and you know somebody's hyping you up saying oh go talk to her man and everything like that that motivates you right that's your hype man right there and i look at that kind of you know with you know, and one basketball with that commentary with what they do with the rucker and everything. It's like that guy standing courtside with the mic is the hype man. And you want to impress that hype man and you want to do right by that hype man. And you want to cross somebody up and break their ankles, right? You want to throw it down on somebody. You want to pin a shot off the glass, etc. So the hype man role is so underrated. And I feel like you bring that hype man personality and energy into every single video and stream. That's all I try to do, bro, because I want you to feel like you're really engaged in the game. Like it's like you're not just playing a regular game of 2K with the regular um with the regular commentators on. Like they're all like it's great, but at the end of the day, because it's a game, you can only hear but so many lines. With this, it's like, yo, no, this is live commentary. Like, I'm literally going off of whatever you do. So you control the narrative. If you have 40, I'm going to make sure the whole world know you just went and got 40 on somebody and that can't no one guard you today. I'm going to make, like, you're going to feel it like, oh, as he bought, go buy him, kick it out, give me three. Like, people love that because it's just like, yo, it feels good. Now you're going back on the other end like, yeah, I got him. I got him. And now you try and go get somebody back. So it's just, it hypes everything up. It makes you want to play more. And then people come in knowing like, all right, if I lose by 20, Mace going to let me hear about it. And it's like, yeah, you got to fight back. Don't just lay down and let somebody come in here and roll on you. You got to really fight back and fight through it. So it's just good to like really hype everything up and make the games mean a little more. I'm making mean something more without having to like gamble on it. Cause that, that brings a whole, We'll talk about that. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and, and again, I love the the positivity about it. And this is something um, with, with my content, obviously doing articles and, and videos and so forth. That you know, I, I think it's important that to uh, to cover critical topics, to cover negative topics sometimes, and point out issues with the games. But something that uh, you know, looking at content like yours and and Derek has also inspired me in this way as well. Actually, that. To, to bring back some of my content to the love of basketball gaming and the love of basketball and, and celebrate celebrating what I'm playing, not just commenting on the issues, which, again, are important and I will never stop doing, but trying to get that balance especially and, and really focusing on that uh, that enjoyment. Again, Derek has really inspired me in that way, and, and your content is the same. So uh, I really I really appreciate that. Y'all showed me the way, man. Y'all really showed me that, like, all right, there's a way to do this and, like, enjoy. Like, Parsec's a big reason for that, too. Because now we have online games again. I think if I would have still been playing on the computer and only playing AI basketball, I would have been bored by now. Actually getting to play people online makes it so much more fun. Because now we have all the mods. Now you can actually like have people's cyber faces and have real matchups. Like a lot of the people on Instagram, like a lot of Instagram 2K pages, they'll have like their personal player. Okay, you might have your storyline. You might be the best player in the draft. You might have had 50 points yesterday against the AI. Come to this league and play so-and-so. Let's see if you can do it there. Then we bring that commentary. So it's just like it's a good way to have fun and just see where you are against other creators and 
you get to now make more collabs, it's different type of videos, it's just different everything. It just gets to bring a totally different feel to something that people claim is already stale and that there's no new things you can add to it. There's always something new you can add to something, man. Definitely. That uh, that community aspect is so important. Uh, I know you agree, Derek, and you're been a huge proponent of, uh, of Parsec, and that's really opened up the community to this, this kind of stuff. When King J. Mace uh, was first interested in Parsec, uh, I think my eyes lit up. I was like, him and I were talking on Twitter about it, and then we connected for his first time on the application, and he was just like floored like blown away by how by how well it worked um and then like he told me after it's like his mind started to like go crazy about all the possibilities related to content creation and community involvement and all of that stuff and one of my favorite things about you mace is the fact that you followed through on everything we talked about when you first were introduced to parsec like all the ideas that you had back then that you were like super pumped to, you know, try out, et cetera, you literally followed through on it. You, you know, you got some major YouTubers to connect with you on Parsec, you, you, you've been introducing them to it. Um, you have, you know, hundreds of downloads again in the download database for this elite street league mod. Um, you have a 2k community elite street league channel on Twitter, et cetera. You have, you know, a bunch of people choo- um, tuning into each stream. Like, I know you're a man of your word, and I like, I appreciate that. The fact that you followed through on all of it. Bro, because that day you showed me. And then we played, see, the thing is, we played the last game my grandma ended up getting me from my PlayStation 2 before she passed. She got me NBA Street 2. So when you lit up, when you roll over that NBA Street 2, and it had like updated rosters, I was like, wait. That's like an Indiana Paul George. He was not in the game. So when I saw that, it was like, oh, I can really play online with anything. My brain just started racing, bro. That's how all this happened. Now we can have actual AU matchups. We can do player lock matchups, have like real my career games, like real rivalry games. It was just so much. My brain just started running. So I started writing down everything. That day we spoke, I, I was writing down all things like, okay. This is legitimately possible. If I can get people to connect, you always looked out for me, making sure the settings were right, giving me how to drop on how to make sure, okay, I have it set up this way, have it set up so the bandwidth is a certain way, just so everybody can play at like a very good rate. Everybody can see what's going on here. Bro, it, it, that would just, that changed everything. That changed the directory of my channel for real because we wouldn't have had an online version of ESL. When I first made ESL, it was no online idea for it parsec changed all that and it just made it so now everyone can play against each other i don't have to deal with like okay i might go try to load up on pc and play online but there's a hacker on there now he made a 17 foot center that's just blocking everything i don't i don't have to load my console up anymore to get good online play i can play online on the pc because of Parsec and get good games and we'll make fun content with people again, man. That's what it's really about. Yeah, I love it. I, like, I can't get enough of it, and I know that it's only going to grow. Like, I really hope that NBA 2K24 gets released for the PC, um, even if it is, once again, like a last-gen port. The bonus to it being a last-gen port would be the fact that you know that your current tools would most likely work, so you can, like, jump right in. So I, I know that part of you probably wouldn't be too upset 
if 2K24 came out for the PC with like being a PS4 Xbox One port. I'll say this. I wouldn't be upset. I would be more so disappointed because I have next gen. Like my PS5 is collected dust. I had a PS5 the first day it came out. But the problem is I got so bored of it because even we have we have methods that we use to unlock certain courts and unlock certain things. And they work well because you can unlock things on PC and there's a way for people on console. Like if it's in the original 2K files, you can get like a G League gym. You can get the Kemba court outside. You can get like the Pro-Am courts. Like there's little ways for people to access courts that aren't typically in 2K when you're on the last gen version. We tried those same methods for the next gen version. The only were able to unlock the Pro-Am gym. On next gen, I could not go in and play on that Kemba court. I can't unlock the blacktop. I have a play now game on the blacktop. So it got very stale for me because I got visual fatigue. These 30 NBA arenas are cool, but they're not a thousand percent accurate. I can't change everything. And it's just like it was very limited. You only have the Pro-Am gym to customize. I couldn't do too much with it. So if we have basically another last gen port for 24. I know all my jerseys are going to work. I know a lot of stadiums are going to work. The only thing up in the air is the cyber faces. But even with that, there's usually a way to kind of get around it. So you can still keep a lot of dope faces. I got a lot of retro faces. Just fixing some guys that I know that's not like that is not who Bernard King looks like, man. Give me a good retro face. Give me a good Charles Markley, a good Reggie Miller. So I'll be excited to know that as long as a lot of my stuff can transfer over, it kind of sets what I'm going to be able to do for the next year. It's like, okay, I can make these rosters very similar. I can kind of continue the experience I brought everybody in 23, and I'll still be able to bring it to 24 without too, too much drop-off. Nah, that's awesome, man. Before I throw it uh, back over to uh, to Derek for another question, just want to also uh, commend you on just flying the flag for free mods as well because there has been some controversy in our community uh, over the years and certainly in recent years about uh, people trying to charge for mods and turn that into a uh, you know a, a business and, and sometimes charging extor- you know, what I would call it, quite frankly, extortion amounts for uh, uh, mods that people have made uh, freely available for years. So uh, I really do appreciate you, uh, again, standing up for uh, free mods. I try, man, because it's just like, it's cool if you have money to spend on that, but I try to always remember, because I can't, I have like a lot of cool people that I've worked with that I have paid mods for, but I'm in a position where I can do that. That's cool. I try to remember, all right, could 16-year-old Mace that was, Minimum wage was seven twenty five when I was in high school. Could I take that minimum wage check and afford three jersey packs, an arena, a cyber face for this? But like, I try to keep in mind that like just because I can do something doesn't mean like everybody is in a position where like everybody can just like there's still there's still great stuff for free. You can exactly. still have a lot of fun on the game for free if you choose to pay for things. You're choosing to pay for things, and there's people who put in work. And you feel me? If you sell something, someone will probably buy it. That's just how things go. But you're not in a position where you have to buy things. And that's why I want there to still be a balance of you want to pay for this Cyberface pack. That's cool. You're supporting whoever is making that. But at the same time, there is still a lot of good free stuff out here. That's why I made the ESL free, man. I want people to be able to have fun on here, actually get to run with certain players, 
getting to use certain people. I make sure I credit everybody, but it's just like whatever was allowed to be released for free, I made sure it was out there for people to use, grab that, and be able to just play without all the hassle. And now I'm thinking back to young me, Ma, can I use your PayPal to buy the Cyberface pack? She's like, huh? Like, I couldn't imagine young me trying to ask my mom that. So I got to remember that we still have a lot of young virtual hoopers, too, that are coming up getting gaming PCs and cool. It's like, all right, your parents gave you $1,000 to get this cool computer. Why do you need 30 more dollars? Because I got to buy this. No, get out my face. So, like, I try to, you know, remember that not everybody is here to spend, you know, all their money on it. So I try to look out for everybody, man. Seven twenty-five minimum wage when you were sixteen. Man, you were rich compared to me. I mean, I was making six seventy-five minimum wage. Steve, um, bagging groceries and whatnot. Yeah, man, that's that's crazy. Um, my next question for you is: uh, Some of the greatest broadcasters and commentators have signature lines. Uh, for example, Mike Breen's "Bang," Marv Albert's "Yes," and it counts. Mark Jackson's "Hand Down, Man Down," and there goes that man, etc. Uh, I've noticed that you like to be creative and original in your commentary. Uh, two of my favorite lines are J Mace top floor. Hey, I could never do it as good as you, but I did my best. <laughs> and he's a Gerber. That's another one. Um, and the one I mentioned earlier, I'm from Jersey. We play defense. Um, but how important is it to be original in your approach to content creation? And do you have any other favorite lines? The biggest thing in content creation is to be original. There's a lot of channels out there. There's people that have been doing this for years upon years upon years. And my whole thing is I try to bring something fresh, new, and innovative every time. So there are people, like, I could have very easily went and clipped my brain, bang, and every time I put a three, I could do that. Because I think I have a couple of videos where I was doing that. And I was like, oh, my whole commentary pretty good. This will work. So usually, like, I, I have lines, like, top floor now comes from Dykeman. My gotcha ching, that's where that top floor comes from. Because then you'll go to the park, it'll be some 6'8 dude from overseas. He'll catch a lob as soon as they throw that lob, as soon as he say top floor. And then as soon as you say now, you just hear that rim start clanging and he bangs out the one trains going by. Like, it's just that energy. So I got the top floor from Dykeman. I love going on New York street ball games. But as far as he's a Gerber, because some of it, you're too small. You're a little boy. You got to get in the weight room. If I can get to the rack, bump you off and lay the ball up very easily. That's one of my little go-tos in real life too. So, you know, kind of muscle member. I'm used to telling people they're too small. Cause I got too heavy now. I'm two thirty now. So now I could post you up and just bump you out the way and tell you you're too little. But my other ones, boom, that's my favorite one. Cause I hit you with a three ball, especially because I'm not known to shoot the three all the time. If I hit you with a three ball, I'm going to let you know about it. Cause I usually try to get downhill, play pick and roll ball, get to the rack. If I start hitting threes, bow, hold that. That's really, I love doing that. Cause they're just like, yo, is he serious? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> They can't believe it, like, just hearing all the sounds and just me going off. But it's just, you got to be original with it, bro. Everyone has their own thing that they do. And I just try to bring my little piece and bring a little bit of energy in the videos and hopefully make you want to come back and watch them again. Yeah, that one, the one when you hit a three, I, I was going to bring that one up, but I would have sounded so stupid trying to copy that. Um, no, <laughs> it, it's, it's hard to do, bro. That's, hard <laughs> thing to do. That's not a natural thing. <laughs> So I heard so I heard pretty much every one of your favorite lines in the Ron Holloway game. 
So <laughs> I want to talk about <laughs> I want to talk about the Ron Holloway game because I think our community would be super entertained by this story. I believe this started with some trash talk and then um, sounds like you kind of put this guy in his place. So the Ron Holloway game, I'm going to explain this to the community. Mace is a nice person. Tell Polk that I was minding my business. We were having a little conversation. We have an Instagram 2K chat. A lot of um, community members on Instagram are in there. They have their personal pages. They post content. They post, like, cool edits. They'll make, like, Rivals.com edits, EYBL, ESPN Top 100. They'll make NBA player the game stuff. My boy 2K Mac runs his own league. Like, they follow the NBA schedule, so he posts, like, MVP stuff. He'll post, like, the, like literally down to the NBA, like the Casey Athenia stuff, making player edits for people in the community. So we have a lot of folks. We all came together. We have a group chat. We've been in there for, like, a year and some change. Ron was in the group chat, and Ron was talking a little crazy. And I was just like, well, do you think you can stop me from scoring 40? You should be able to stop me from scoring 40. Nah, I can stop you. You're not even that nice. Oh, really? I'm not that okay. Let's bet on this. And I we I allowed him to pick a small dollar amount. It was under fifty dollars. It was nothing crazy. I'm not here to rob anyone of any significant amount of money. I don't want to put you in a position where you can't pay a bill or something. But if you're confident in your game, please put something up and we're gonna see about it. So he chose the dollar amount. We agreed and we both sent the money to a neutral party in the group chat. So whoever won, you could be like, oh, well, I'm not paying you because we both put our money on the floor, essentially. I allowed Ron to connect through Parsec. Ron was able to create his player how he wanted, down to the hair, the leg sleeves, whatever attributes he wanted. My only thing was, at first, he tried to make an all-99 build. I wasn't going for that. He ended up making his player a 92, and my build was a 90 with 19 badges. He was a 92 with, I want to say, 36 badges, something like that. Cool. You have the upper hand. You got 97 speed. Do you, Ron? I'm proud of you. Go ahead. And we played EYBL because I didn't want the bias of if I did it to him in the ESL, they would have said it was my league. I didn't give him a fair chance. So we played the EYBL mod. So we went to AAU. I played for Team Why Not. He played for New York Renaissance. And I told my peoples, this is the one time you're going to see Toxic Comp Mace come out. I tried to keep him in a box somewhere hidden away from people, but eventually he sneaks out. He started that game. Ron was to hold me to under 40 points. Remember that. I had 17 in the first quarter. Just spin moves, hesitation, crossing over, pulling up mid-range, a lot of ISO buckets. It was whatever I wanted to do. That was cool. By the second quarter, it got really bad. I think I had 42 at the second quarter. So I'm like, all right, it's halftime. He's down. But like, all right, it can't get much worse for him, right? Wrong. Ron started texting in the group chat, telling people, saying a lot of flagrant things to people because everybody was like, on because we live streamed this game. So multiple community members were in there. He was aware that it was live streamed. Like, I kind of laid out a little backstory for everybody. So he's arguing, like, between timeouts and between, like, little 2K commercial breaks. He's arguing with everyone in the group chat, saying a lot of flagrant things to people. But cool, we're still hooping. Ron fouled out in the fourth quarter. And then 
I just lost it. I just started shooting everything, and it got to the point he left the group chat in the middle of the game. I finished with 96 points, and it should have been more because I shot six for 14 from three and missed a couple wide-open free throws. I had some bad sliders on that definitely needed to be touched up. But I finished with 96, and I shot, I think, 58% from the field, and Ron had 32 for the game. And 17 of those 32 were from free throws because he was getting a lot of calls. Just I think he said his draw foul was 99, so I was smart on his end. Cool. But he had to learn, man. It was just when you talk crazy, I really need you to back your game up. You're allowed to talk crazy. It's just you have to be able to back it up. And he was just not in a position to do that. So the money was sent to me after I handled my business. And Ron had a breakdown for three days trying to get me to send the money back. He then retired from 2K for a week and a half, made a whole retirement post, deleted his Instagram for a little bit. But now he came back, so he's trying to act like it didn't happen. But it's forever etched in stone. I scored 96 points on an over 50% clip. It felt pretty darn good. They made a player edit a um, – they photoshopped my face over Will, um, Chamberlain, over Will Chamberlain with the 100. They put 96 for me, so that's why the thumbnail is that with me smiling all hard with the 96 in my hand, man. But it was, it was a fun game. It was just to show that there's really levels. Like, if I really wanted to hoop and really give you buckets and not just laugh and make content, like, if I play in a serious setting, this will really get bad for you. And if I smell blood in the water, I'm going to go. So he, he learned the hard way. I offered him a rematch. He didn't want to play me again, but I understand. But the Raw Holloway day was a funny day, man. The video was even funnier because there was just showing him leaving the group chat showing him saying i was gonna lose the money i'm not that good and then to get 96 put on your head i must have been i yeah and i know you don't like to play that way either like you don't like to iso and score all the points with one player um that's not me that case like called for it like that situation called for it and he's not lying folks that video is up on his youtube he is literally unleashing the whole bag on ron in that game there's spin moves into jump shots there's fadeaways there's crossovers there's behind the back um you're posting up saying he's a gerber you're you know getting steals and taking off and throwing it down on the fast break like that game was basically like a king j may skill display if you really think about it. Um, so check out um, his YouTube ja- uh, his YouTube channel uh, on K- at King J Mace uh, and also follow him on Twitter at King J Mace because um, he, he just makes a lot of great content. Um, have you ever had a situation like that um, with a friend or um, even a stranger online, Andrew, where, you know, trash talking got pretty heavy and then you kind of shut him up? Well, no, I uh, I went the other way with it with um uh, with the chat on PlayStation with private messaging on PlayStation uh, playing with the guys on NLC Thrillho and uh, we're we're beating this team and I've got uh, I'm playing point guard I'm not really shooting I'm setting up all the guys that's what I like to do in online play I've got about I've only got two points so I've taken one shot I've got two points and I've got uh, uh, fifteen assists or so and we're winning the game and I get a message from the opposing point guard saying you're so trash you've only got two points. And it's like, but we're beating you, and I'm not shooting. I'm setting up the guys. I have 15 assists. Um, that's that's why I turned off my messages from uh, strangers on PlayStation Network, because I realized I'm just getting on here with the guys to play on a Friday night. I don't need some 15-year-old trash-talking me badly. 
So uh, no, I, I don't really have many uh, trash talking stories. But that's uh, that's when I decided, yeah, you know what? I don't really need to hear from fifteen uh, year old strangers on the uh, PlayStation chat. Well, especially when they're losing. Yeah. Right. Like, don't message me and tell me I'm trash when I'm setting everybody up and I'm winning the game. Yeah. Like, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's peak. Uh, it's peak stat padding mentality of uh, you know, oh, you're not putting up the numbers, but no, but I'm doing what we need to do to win, and. I am putting up numbers in the assist column, which is as the playmaking point guard is what I'm supposed to be doing. But uh, yeah, I realized at that point, uh, you know what? I, I it, it was never any good trash talk anyway when those messages came through. So you sort of, uh, and after that, when you when you do t- go to the private setting like that uh, for uh, messages from uh, people who aren't on your friends list, you start getting the uh, invitations to group chats and things like that. Like, no, I, I think I'll just. Uh, I don't think I will. I, I think I'll. Uh, I think I'll let that go. You know, th- this is not going to be like fun trash talk or anything. This is just some uh, some kid yelling racial slurs or whatever, or homophobic slurs or whatever. Um, you, you know what? Th- this is not good banter. This is. I can do without this. Yeah, no, nah, we don't need that, man. I got. I kind of got a couple rules when it comes to like, talking tribe. We we leave people's families alone. We're not saying personal things about you. That's just. I don't get into the slurs and all that. That's not cool. I'll tell you if you trash, though. If I keep scoring on you, I'll tell you you can't play defense. But all that other stuff, man, that's corny. Do you ever have a situation in real life, uh, King J. Mace, where you were trash-talking somebody on the court and they, like, they were pissed because you were kind of showing them up and, like, they hurt you or they tried to hurt you or they went after you? Oh, all the time. Okay. So- <laughs> okay, I got a good one for you. I was a freshman in high school, and like I told you, we used to, you know, the court was right by the um, school. Everybody go out there, and usually along the way that everybody would walk home, if you didn't walk up the hill, you just went straight down, you would pass the court. So when people would see the courts would be packed, a lot of people would just, like, come down and, like, watch people play. So we were in there, and there was some talk. We were arguing since lunch. We were arguing on group chats. I was arguing with somebody on an iPhone 4. That's how long ago it was. So we really argued. Now, keep in mind, I am 14 years old. I weigh maybe 160 at this point. I'm not that strong with the ball yet, but I'm quick. We were arguing with a bunch of seniors in high school. So I'm out there talking crazy, and I'm scoring. But then it's just like as soon as I try to try to go to Iraq, elbows, getting held, getting shoulder checked. And a lot of these dudes, like, were on the football team. Like, I was on a freshman football team. These dudes have been lifting weights and all that for, like, three, four years now. So it was just, like, a difference in size. So now getting bumped at that rim isn't funny anymore when dude has 100 pounds on you. This isn't as funny anymore. So it's happened. It'll just force me to kind of do a lot of push-ups, get a lot bigger, get a lot stronger. It forced me to get in the weight room, man. But it happens because, like, I'll tell you, I've talked trash before I shoot the ball. If I'm walking down, I'll just laugh like, oh, he can't guard me. What? What you said? Throw it through his legs, snatch it back, and just bring it back out to the wing. Like, I told you you can't guard me. I'm going to go by you again. Then he tried to hold me. Okay, cool. Spin off, step back, got him, as he bop, land. Then just walk back down and laugh like I told you. Then you get mad. Oh, we can fight about it. Now you want to fight. You want to fight me because you're not good at basketball. That's crazy. Like, so he used to – we used to get into a couple scuffles and all that, but it was always fun because it was just, I knew at the end of the day, they were so mad because they couldn't stop it. If you don't like it, stop it. That's always been my policy. You don't want me to talk, don't let me score the ball. I can't talk if I'm not scoring or if I'm not doing anything. If I'm just running up and down the floor, what can I talk to you about? But it was just, 
We've had a lot of those situations, man. I've played people in front of their girlfriends and scored on them in front of their girlfriends, winked at her and shot the ball. So I, I did some things I probably shouldn't have did when I was younger, but it, it definitely makes some funny stories now. Yeah, there was a there was a situation with me where I was playing at our local college, um, UNH, which you've probably seen them in the video games, like um, University of New Hampshire. And um, we were playing, we had a pickup night and I was just lighting it up from three, like all over the court. There's this guy talking crap on the other team. And this is why I was wondering if you had a situation like this happen to you. And, you know, he wasn't really doing anything on his head. And I think he maybe have scored one basket at that point in the game. And I think, I don't know, the score was like 10 to four. We were up and he was mad trash talking me, like saying like, all it was, all you can do is shoot threes. Go ahead. Try to take it to the hoop, try, take it to the rack. So I was like, all right, I'll take it to the rack. So I blew by my first defender, got up in the air to do a finger roll. And he took me out like at the height oh. of my, and I hit the, I hit the finger roll and it was actually the game winner um which was awesome like but i sprained my foot and like because i came down like awkwardly on my foot and i was so pissed and he was still talking trash after that after he hurt me which just like just kind of a scumbag thing to do uh but i was so pissed i was like all right let's play another one so we played him again and i played on my sprained foot we ended up winning the game i hit a few shots in the game but, but man that hurt but like People get so insecure and crappy when they're shown up, right? When it's proven that they're not as good at something or there's a sign of weakness and they know that everybody sees it. Um, and that was like a case that happened to me. And that, that foot, I'll tell you, it, th that injury lingered for a while for me. Feet never really like, feet and ankles. You just that only goes away with time. You can't massage therapy out it. You can wrap your foot however you want. Some of that stuff just takes time, bro. My ankle just finally got right after several summers of playing on. Oh, it's kind of sprained, but we good. Oh, I turned my ankle inside the wrong way, but we playing outside and we still arguing. So we got to fit like a lot of those days where you play through the injury. It just lingers and lingers and lingers, especially with anything with a foot or a knee, man. Now at this age, if it's something wrong with the foot, I just got to wait for it to get better. I can't like, no, nah, man, we tough. We fought. No, man, no, no. Because now <laughs> you made, you gave dude a bunch of buckets, but I know you was at work the next day like, ow. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and, and by the way, I've rolled my ankle so many times, my left one specifically. Now, now it just like rolls over. It's like rubber. It's really weird. Like I'll I'll roll it while I'm playing, and it will just bounce back. It's it's really weird. Like that's probably not good. By that's the way, weird. yeah. Um, Andrew, did you ever have any situations like that in your playing career? Where um, because I know you also played in local leagues where um, somebody was just so embarrassed by kind of getting shown up that they acted out. Uh, I don't know if I remember any of the players. I do remember uh, the family of one of the, the kids I was playing against um, was uh, was directing some insults my way, and I was uh, kind of a tall and at the time quite a much thinner uh, kid, and uh, they were making fun of my uh, quote-unquote chicken legs and saying, oh, the legs are skinny, etc., and laughing and pointing and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, okay. And uh, then I ended up, uh, their, their kid their kid and their brother, who say his family on the sideline, were uh, you know, making these comments and he drove at me. I was playing center at the time 
and I uh, blocked his uh, shot towards them and just kind of gave him a bit of a look. I'm like, yeah, chicken legs, your kid can't score on me. So that was that's probably as close as I've been. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wish I had been there. Knowing you the way I know you now, yeah, I wish I had been there to to see that. Um, my next question for you is, uh, you know, you make great content. Uh, however, oftentimes you do not get the views and interactions you deserve to get. You know, what keeps you motivated to keep creating content, and what are your thoughts related to the content creation scene? So the way content is going now, I'm at a point where I'm having fun with this. So I just try to continue to push for different things. I know a lot of people like they'll watch like a bigger creator and be like, okay, that's the algorithm. That's the algorithm I want to be in. So they'll follow suit like the first two weeks. And I've been, a, I've been guilty of it too. I'm not going to sit up here and be a hypocrite. Like the first two weeks build videos do very good because everyone's trying to figure out the new 2K build or all that. Then it's like, oh, this 6'9 point guard build can do everything. 99 block, 97 steal, 85 three ball. Like, And you just – I try to make content now where I'm contributing something different and something fun to the community because I feel like with the builder videos, a lot of the time, cool, you're showing everyone how to make this 6'9 demigod. This now in the long run is hurting the game. Because two weeks later in the rec center, everyone's going to have this 6'9 demigod. Now the dude that made the 6'2 Trey Young build isn't getting picked up because why would you make this little build when I can do all these things? So I just try to remember that this is still supposed to be fun. And I try to make content that people will be like, oh, I've never seen this before. People who don't really do like there's not a ton of NBA street. 2k videos because obviously it's two different companies and all that but like the black top plus mod i can get a stretch my row and a biggie littles and the bigs i can bring back things that you haven't seen before so i just try to stay motivated knowing that someone is going to watch this someone is going to think this is cool and as long as i'm having fun doing with it adding more community members adding my subscribers to teams making my own aau team making a little street ball tournaments even just anything that can help the community play in a different way, that kind of just helps me be motivated through everything I do. If I'm editing this video at 3 a.m., like, I probably could be asleep right now, but no one has seen this street ball mixtape yet. It's like, I just want people to understand there's, you don't have to follow the meta. You don't have to do something just because a bigger creator is doing it. You can march to the beat of your own drum and make your own claim and be different it's okay to be different you're supposed to want to be different you shouldn't want to just copy someone because all right cool he may have a hundred thousand views but i'll take the 200 views i got on this esl game because people really engaged with it people were really there it was cool for people to get to see the teams they drafted actually get the matchup it's just you remember that you do have a purpose with this and that you're bringing people together so that helps me stay motivated and remember that i'm doing this Really for the community, man. I'm doing this to try and push some 2K street ball stuff. I really want to push more black top gaming being, like, the focus. I'm tired. I do it for, like, the people that I'm going to be on PS4, man, just playing on that same blue black top every time with the Rangers and Baller shirts, getting tired of looking at that court every day. So if I can bring out a new court or bring out something you've never seen and get a like from it, that just makes me happy, man. Just knowing that I'm doing something different and I'm making somebody day. 
No, that, that's awesome. That's that's the same philosophy that, uh, that Derek and I have tried to bring to uh, our content uh, individually and uh, collaboratively as well. And we've had conversations about this, have we not, Derek, uh, off air, that we'd rather we'd much rather do what we're passionate about and what we know that our uh, our wonderful audience appreciates rather than try to chase trends or do something that we know we could do. We we have the ability to do it as as you have the ability to do the other stuff as well. But if you're not enjoying it, if you're not passionate about that content, it's going to come through, and and you're not going to have fun making it. Which again is the point. That's a fact, man. Because it's just like, don't do something just to do it don't do it to chase views because now all right cool i made this video with the intention of i wanted 100k on it and now it did 1k now i'm like oh this was a waste of time like no bro do what you like do what's in your heart do it what's in just do what you think is right man try to do something new even when i do like the last chance you videos i had the um last chance you basketball squad i actually had elac in the game and coach mosley saw it and tweeted me back jamal crawford liked coach mosley's tweet like stuff like that like i last chance you might not have had the most views on my channel i think the one i did before got more views but it was cool like see the guys who actually play on elac who play for a juco like yo how you have our squad in the game like it was just kind of cool to see that like to have clips of coach mosley yelling in practice and he's like, yo, you crazy. How'd you get this? And just like to see the engagement and see people just like, wow, this is something different. You try, you got to be different, man. If everyone makes the same videos, this whole thing is going to get just burnt out very easily. We all can't make the same type of content. I don't even try to make my thumbnails like a lot of people. I can't follow the meta. I try to do something that just looks cool. If you like it, you'll like it. If you don't, hopefully you find something else you like. And you know, we're going to keep it moving. Derek, I know how much you love, speaking of thumbnails, the uh, huge gaping mouth and the wide eyes. I know how much you love that meta on the thumbnails. Oh, my God. If I have to see one more content creator's face when I pull up YouTube, I'll tell you, I'm going to get rid of the app. No, um, I, we've talked about it so many times before. I'd rather create content that allows me to look in the mirror and smile or go to go, you know, go to bed at night and, you know, I can go to bed in peace and smile knowing that I didn't sell out, right? That I wasn't just a copycat, that I was unique, that, you know, what I was producing for content is something that I genuinely wanted to produce. It was, you know, playing a game that I wanted to play. It was making a Parsec connection that I wanted to make. It was, you know, streaming a game um, with a community member that I legitimately wanted to connect with and wanted to play with. And I think that there's not enough people out there doing that. What they're doing is they're they're chasing subscribers, they're chasing followers, they're trying to get hired by, I don't know, 2K. Maybe they want, you know, to be on a bigger platform and be promoted more and all of that stuff. And a lot of people, in order to get to those points, they do sell out, right? They do end up creating content and promoting stuff that they don't really want to make and do. So I think that that's why you're so great in this space because you produce the content that you want you play the games that you want you stream the games that you want um and in every stream it's you like you know you're getting the real king j mace on every single stream but i do want to ask you does it get 
frustrating sometimes where you'll create a great video and you'll see that you only got a couple hundred views. Do, do you ever like sit down and be like, I need to change it up? Or do you like maybe sometimes sit down and say, wow, this is really frustrating. I need to take a break. Not so I have a philosophy with this thing, man. Like I'm a big Nipsey Hustle fan, right? I watch a lot of Nipsey interviews while I'm editing. I listen to his music all the time. Like he that marathon is really real. What I honestly do, bro, the only time I really look at my numbers, like I remember when I was chasing monetization, because you need the thousand subscribers, you need the watch hours. I remember like looking at that clock every day seeing like, okay, I need six more subs. I need this many hours. I remember doing it and it low-key took the fun out of it. So now what I do is as long as things are performing to where they are supposed to be, I try to just, all right, cool. I would upload what I need to upload and then we're on to the next thing. I try not to even look at the numbers and get too caught up in that because once you start chasing numbers, it's not fun. Now, I've had down streaks in my channel where I was like, all right, it might be time to make some adjustments, but a lot of the stuff was just like, all right, we can probably title this a little bit better. We can word this description better. Let's not make a terrible thumbnail that you tried to make in three minutes at work today. Let's actually sit down and, you know, and as I started like investing more in my craft and like really starting to figure some stuff out, things got better, but I really tried not to chase views as long as somebody likes it, man. Cause I remember uploading videos. I was working in a daycare writing out my career scripts during that time, walking an hour home from the daycare, recording the video, editing it on a PS4 because I didn't even have the laptop to do so, and then just uploading it and going and doing that every day. So trying to think of my career scripts while changing diapers, man, I'm not in that position anymore, so I just really try to have fun with it. If something isn't working, you got two options. You either can fight through it, are you going to make an adjustment and try and find something that does work? Because a lot of street ball stuff was not getting views. Still, some of the open run stuff doesn't get the most amount of views. But I enjoy making, like, my NBA street content. Every time I upload that, I know I'm not going to hit, like, crazy amount of views yet. It's just not the algorithm. Why would they be looking for a game from 20 years ago? But it's fun. It's all my favorite characters from when I was a young boy playing and now i have the ability to use them all on much better graphics play it like they never played stretch monroe never played steph curry i don't even think they got to play like rookie lebron so like you just it's just cool to like make these matchups and just have fun with things man if your channel isn't where it's supposed to be and your numbers aren't where it's supposed to be you just make adjustments you look at things you can do better but don't sell out man because you sell out and then you don't get the results you want, or even by the time you get the result, is it going to be worth your morals? Is it going to be worth compromising your integrity as a person for a couple benefits, for, you know, like a little invite to somewhere, some merch, some like, all right, cool, a couple little free gifts. That's cool and all, but you still got to be able to wake up, look at yourself in the mirror, go in and make this content without feeling like, dang, I can't believe this. Or why I really don't want to do this. Like, I never want to be in a position where I'm making a video like, I really don't feel this. Like, if I don't feel it, I'm not going to do it. I don't ever want to be in a position where I just have to do things because I have to do things. That takes the whole point out of this. We love it. That's, yeah, that's, that's how we look at content creation as well. Just have a couple more questions before I get to the final five quick fire questions that I ask every guest that we have. Um, you know, what are your future plans? in relation to 
content creation? Are you just going to go into 2K24 um, and then do this awesome Elite Street League thing again as long as they give a proper release on the PC? Or did you have any other ideas on uh, any other ideas in mind? I'm going to work on a couple like careers. Like I, I have, I, so here, here's the real thing, right? The problem is usually people uh, try to like, once I start a wave, I see certain things like, Oh, you do that now. That's, that that's cool. I don't know when you started doing that, but when I, so usually when I start something, I got, I see there's a couple people like trying to emulate it and try to copy it a little bit. So I'm just trying to stay ahead of everybody. I kind of map out my, I map my stuff out month to month. Like I knew the AAU content was coming in February, but I knew I had to save it for April because that's when like EYBL actually starts. So ESL definitely will be on 2K24. Even if they give us next gen, uh, once we figure out how to, you know, get the jerseys, how it's supposed to be and all that, there will be another release, whether it's last gen or next gen for PC. But I'm going to continue to make good my career content. I'm playing some NCAA football now. I'm playing the high school. There's Oklahoma high school football mod. So trying to mix some of my hoopers playing football because I grew up playing football too. So now if I could have a school, like, all right, cool. He plays football in the fall. But around December, the my career shifts into him playing in his senior year, playing basketball. I might do some stuff like that. I'm trying to get into doing more of the retro stuff too, man. I want to start like having like how Create a Legend was. I want to start showing more love to the older players. People don't understand like how cool some of these dudes they'd be like, oh, well, so and so was a plumber, bro. He was nice. Like Pistol Pete was not a plumber, bro. You're just like a child and don't know anything. So I want to start playing with some of the older players and like really bringing that to the forefront, bringing them to the blacktop. Like in this 80 squad beat the best players of today and go out there with like, Bernard King, give me Pistol P, give me Big O, like go out there with Kareem and just dominate. Like, can I score? Like, can I score 50 with all sky hooks? Like, I want to do like more, just bring in like more real basketball people, guys that you might not have known, guys that were legends that didn't make it, like a Lenny Cook. Like, just trying to really bring more stories to people, man. That's really what I want to do. Just bring more stories and make more content. That's what I'm really trying to do, bro. I just really want to keep pushing things and just keep being different. Yeah, I think that it's awesome that, and I've heard you on streams too talk about this. I love it how you kind of back retro hoops. You know, somebody on the stream was kind of, I don't know, trash talking Steve Francis, and you're like, what are you talking about? Steve Francis is nice. Go back and look bro. at the footage. And talking about steve francis banging on people and you know crossing people over and all of that stuff i think uh, a lot of the younger crowd today um needs to go back and actually watch that footage whether it be full games or highlights because there are so many great hoopers from the past people like bernard king like you just brought up just who could flat out get buckets at any point people don't go back man they don't go back and do their research bro it kills me huge pet peeve for derek and i because there is such a rich history of the uh, NBA. I mean, it celebrated the 75th anniversary uh, last season, obviously. And I felt it was kind of missing, that 75th anniversary, compared to the 50th, because we have kind of got to this stage where a lot of the talking heads on uh, ESPN and, and Fox Sports and whatnot are talking down about the history of the game. So it's it's kind of tough to really celebrate the history of the game when you've just spent the last five or six years talking about plumbers and dentists and J.J. Reddick uh, talking down Jerry West and uh, Bob Cousy and everything. It's kind of kind of hard to celebrate the history when you've been uh, dumping on it for, for the last five years. Man, Jerry West is my mama's second favorite player. 
J.J. Redick can not guard Jerry West. Yeah. I take Jerry West as an old man right now. <laughs> I got the man. He's a logo for a reason, man. Like, Jerry West, the only dude to win a finals MVP and lose. Yeah. Yeah, Mace, there is an interview with Gilbert Arenas and Al Harrington. And Al Harrington was on there talking about how he was going to give Bob McAdoo buckets, and he was kind of trashing on Willis Reed and Bob McAdoo. Listen, Bob McAdoo averaged like 34 points a game at his peak in the physical 70s of the NBA, and he was just a flat-out scorer. Could give you buckets from anywhere. Uh, Al Harrington and Gilbert Arenas and people like that, you know, former players who are dumping on great players like Bob McAdoo and Willis Reed. It drives Andrew and I nuts because if you actually go back and watch the footage on McAdoo, he could give you and give you buckets in way more ways than Al Harrington could in the NBA. Just amazing back to basket player had that sweet mid range pull up um, was almost unblockable was much better around the rim. Uh, etc. And it's just like Al Harrington needs to shut up. Like there's absolutely no reason for him to be in an interview bashing Bob McAdoo. It doesn't make any sense. Now, Al Harrington's a Jersey guy, but he was wilding with that. Like I was lucky enough to meet a lot of the older players. Like I met Anthony Mason before he passed. I shook Anthony Mason's hand. His hand like went all past my wrist. I'm like, bro, there's no way if Mace went up for a rebound. That you were taking it out of his hand. Like, it was insane. Like, I got to meet Wes Unsell before he passed. Like, Wes Unsell was really cool. We had a whole conversation. We had the whole Kobe versus Braun debate when um, I think I was, like, 13. We met him in, like, Baltimore. Like, I've met a lot of the older players. I met Dave DeBusher. He was real nice to me. Meeting Dr. J. Like, meeting a lot of the older heads. Even Big O just sitting there talking to, like, high school me for 10 minutes. I got to talk to Oscar Robinson. So, it's like, I got to respect for the guys that came before. And it's just like, bro, they don't have everything that we have now. There was no Gatorade performance recovery chamber. Like Jerry West was out there scoring in chucks. I'm sure he would have loved to have some special Nikes with the air cushion and all. Like, you know, it would have been, you just got to respect people and respect their eras. Now there, there are some, you feel me, this different play styles and all that, but Nah, man, I look, I'm picking up Bob McAdoo before I'm picking up Al Harrington. I know Al Harrington's from Jersey and all, but nah, man, that's just – we can't bash all the Hall of Famers. Right. We can't do that, like, I mean, there's players today, like, there's players today like Anthony Edwards that I love watching, right? Brandon Ingram and whatnot. Like, there's players in today's NBA that I marvel at their skills as well. But, but – and I also want to point something out. So you talked about, like – shaking hands with Anthony Mason. I shook hands with D Brown when I was like seven years old and my hand got like lost in his. And he, like when he was holding a pen, the pen looked so small in his you hands. His hands were, yeah. I met D Brown at our local mall. He was doing a, uh, uh, a signing. And then he also, they also had like a hoop it up style court set up in the mall where like people were able to like play horse with D Brown and everything. And he threw it down a few times. It was, awesome but i i just don't understand yeah it was awesome um i just don't understand the the reason like what's the reason for bashing um yesterday's game it just doesn't make any sense to me so mace one more question um who are some of your favorite hoopers of all time 
And also, who's the current NBA team that you cheer for? My favorite Hoopers all time, man. I'm a huge, huge LeBron fan, man. I've been watching LeBron since I was a little boy. I have a Kobe tag. I'm a huge Kobe guy, too. My dog literally was named Kobe, got all the gear, tried to do the fadeaway just like him. At one point, I was scowling at people when he was doing that face, that one playoff run. I think I was scowling at people randomly in middle school trying to be like Kobe. Have all my Jordan stuff. Love MJ. I'm a big AI guy too, though, man. Because AI, like I'm, I'm five eight, bro. I'm not that tall. So watching AI dominate, and they have the nerve to list him at six foot, knowing that boy was five ten shoes. But just watching someone so small dominate the game the way he did, had me in the mirror just dribbling, trying to cross over all times through the day, and drawing on my arm with Sharpie, and my mother getting mad at me, like, why are you doing this? Trying to get braids, and that never worked out. My hair wouldn't nap up to where it needed to to get the darn braids. But everybody wanted to be like AI, man. Outside the league, though, let's see. I was a huge Sick With It fan. Sick With It, I love Sick With It. Headache, because I met Headache from Air One at an NJIT camp when I was a little boy. I still have that autograph. Hot Sauce and Professor, man. Those were guys like, I used to always watch as like a little boy. Well, I skipped him Alu too, man. I skipped him Alu is one of my favorite point guards ever. Just watching him cook in the streets, cooking Rucker, and then even as an old man, lead the way for the Magic to get to the finals. And they would have kept him in instead of putting Jameer Nelson, and they might have won the Dark Finals. But it was just cool to see Skip even playing. But those are some of my guys, man. He was ran to everybody. The professor, the professor is still doing it, which is awesome. He has a pretty popular YouTube channel. And he's still um, making the street ball videos and everything. Um, Iverson was my favorite player after D Brown. And I loved him in Georgetown. I was a huge Iverson fan all the way up till, you know, past him playing with the nuggets and then felt bad about what happened with him in Memphis and all of that. And then that weird deal where he played one year in Detroit, but um, AI was a huge influence on me as well and um he's one of the first people i put on whenever i turn on a video game if he's in it um first it's usually kobe and second it's usually iverson and i usually start seasons with the 0708 nuggets or the 0607 nuggets with him and mellow on them um if i'm doing like a classic team season or anything like that so i love here and jr smith and by the way jr smith could give teams buckets equally most of the time as Iverson and Mello, he was playing a really small amount of minutes. And I want to say that with the Nuggets, he was averaging something crazy per 36 minutes for points per game, something like 25 to 28 points per game. He was just getting like getting hoops like every single game, but sick with it and, and whatnot following those guys in real life. That must've made that and one basketball game extra special for you. The PS2 one. Yeah, man, because it was just like, oh, like, all right, cool. I can load up NBA Live. And, you know, I can play with Braun. Well, Braun wasn't in the league yet. I can play with Kobe. I can play with Steve Francis. I can play with Baron Davis. I can play with Jason Williams. I can play with Gary Payton. Like, I can play with guys I was watching on DVDs and watching on TV and everything. But to actually get to play with the M1 squad was like, oh, it's real. Like, I really can throw the ball off your head and go by you now. My father hated that game because he was like convinced it was gonna corrupt me and I was gonna <laughs> come out there and but like like no bro I just like these 
these are my guys I got to watch on VHS and now I can play the game with them and control what they're doing. This is great. So it's just, it's real cool, man. I got to see some of them play when they all left and won and they went the ball up. I saw Professor Sick with it, um, AO, special effects. I got to see them all in Chicago and they were co- playing against a team that Skip and Malou was coaching. They actually played against them. And it was cool to just, like, actually see them guys. I think I was 14 or 15 at the time. And just to see Professor really going out there, snatching it through people's legs and going by. And you were talking about how Professor has a YouTube channel. That's why I knew I got old. I was working with my children at the time I was working with and the school job I had. And they were like, Mr. Justin, do you know, um, do you know Spider-Man basketball on YouTube? I'm like, you mean the Professor? Who's that? I'm talking about Spider-Man. I'm like, bro, 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 bro. You know it's a real <laughs> man in that suit. Like, that's the professor, bro. Like, do y'all not? I started showing them the clips from O2, and they're like, this is a thing. Yes, child. What's the VHS? <laughs> Get out my face. Move. Like, <laughs> you're making me feel old, and I'm not even 30, man. Like, so it's just wild to see, like, the different generations of how they know the professor. Some people know him as just Spider-Man basketball. No, this is this man was a terror for oh, 20 years at 5'6". You're telling me that's not the real Spider-Man on, on YouTube there? <laughs> my, my, my illusions are shattered completely. It, it also... <laughs> it also uh, it makes my back hurt a little less hearing you talking about watching on VHS. I, I feel a little less old knowing that uh, you also enjoyed v- some VHS watching back in the Well, day. what's crazy, Bro, though, what's crazy about mind. it, though, yeah, but, May, so what's crazy, though, is your basketball experiences and what you were enjoying were the same stuff, really, that Andrew and I were enjoying. Yeah. We were just a little bit older when we were enjoying it. Like, I was a huge fan of the and one tour back then. I was a huge fan of the NBA street games and everything. The difference is, is that you were just watching them and playing those games just a little bit younger than us. But that was a great time for us to be fans, just like it was for you. It was an amazing time because I was like five. So I'm like still learning like everything. I'm still learning like how to dribble and all that, but, like, I'm watching all these things. I'm like, bro, this is possible. My mother used to have to come get me from the driveway just being out there dribbling. Justin, you can't dribble a ball at 6 a.m. Why not? <laughs> like, I just, all I wanted to do was go out there, do all the moves I was seeing out there. Like, oh, look, you can throw it through his legs, snatch it, throw it off his head, and spin off him. I used to try to do the um the hot sauce trick where he would bounce it, put it in his shirt, and smack it out. That was my favorite one to do. I used to be wearing big shirts. I stopped doing that, like, I think four years ago. I still was out there, big, baggy, Air one type of shorts, big, baggy shit, because I'm used to that. They're like, oh, man, you think you know, man. This is, look, this is comfortable, and I don't want to wear these super, super small shorts that y'all are buying, and I don't know why y'all buy it. Do you remember the Nike Streetball commercial with Jason Williams and Rasheed Wallace and Kevin Garnett and it, yes. and everything? And it had that cool beat. And Jason Williams is sitting on the floor dribbling two balls and whatnot. And they're doing like all those moves. Do you have any idea how many times I practiced that stuff and tried to do that stuff? Um, <laughs> I'm sure you were the same way. Um, but that stuff was so cool back then. And it still stands the, st- the test of time today like the whole like bringing the ball up over your shoulder and pushing it back through your legs 
like just doing that quick motion and making it go back forward through your legs. Like I can't even tell you how many times I almost broke my arm trying to do that move. Um, <laughs> but like, that's why Jason Williams and uh, Andrew knows my love for um, white chocolate, Jason Williams. Like that's why he was one of my favorite players throughout his playing career, specifically though, when he was with Memphis and with Sacramento, because he's doing that stuff out on the court, like in an NBA game. And he's throwing all these crazy passes and doing the, the balls on a string with his handles and everything. That is why I loved Jason Williams. White chocolate was the man. That elbow pass got me in so much trouble. <laughs> I tried to do that. It's so hard to do. That's the thing. It's so hard oh, to do. Man. So much trouble trying to throw it. It doesn't like you got to know what you're doing. Ten-year-old me did not know what I was doing. I'm like, okay, we on a break. I tried to throw out of bounds. I thought I was white chocolate, bro. I don't know. It didn't work. The funny thing about that classic <laughs> highlight in the uh, 2000 Rookie Challenge, when he does it, and he, he, it's been repl- replayed over and over again, but they'll, they'll only show the pass because Brave Little Friends doesn't finish the play. I think he gets, I think he gets fouled, doesn't he, Derek? Uh, yeah, he Brave Little blows. Brave Little Friends blows a pretty easy layup. Yeah. So uh, at that point, I don't remember if he gets fouled, but I think he does because there's a stoppage in play. It, it's one of the greatest passes we've seen in a maybe NBA history, certainly NBA All Star history. But it wasn't actually an assist because Rayful Friends didn't finish the damn play. So it's, uh, but it's funny, yeah. We show, we see the pass, but not the finish because there was no finish. But yeah, that that is a classic highlight for sure. I think we all tried that, but like you say, it's yeah. It t- turns out this stuff isn't easy. It's hard to do just standing still and now try to do it on the move. Exactly. It feels like it's almost impossible. Um, so I want to end the show like I normally do with some quick fire questions. Um, and uh, no pressure. Just give it whatever answer comes to mind. Uh, so one-on-one, Tracy McGrady versus Vince Carter. Oh, good. God, um, I'm going to take T-Mac one-on-one, man. I got to take T-Mac on that. That's going to be a battle of eight cousins, so they didn't play each other a million times, but I got T-Mac. A healthy T-Mac? Yeah. Give me, yeah, give me T-Mac. I love VC, though. You know what separates them? T-Mac getting up so high on his jump shot and that high release. Like, he could get his shot off whenever he wanted, and I think that that might be his biggest advantage in that matchup. I actually agree. Um, better handle, Steve Francis or Baron Davis? Oh, mm, darn, that's a good one. Um, franchise on this one. I love B. Diddy, but I got to take the franchise. That man, Francis used to do things that I didn't think were possible to do to grow man. The way he used to just walk you down on the wing, like that one clip where he, I think they were playing the Hawks, and he bopped dude three times in a row and kept bringing the ball back out and laughing at him hitting up with the same little Hezzy and go by. Hezzy go by. Then he put the floater up. I hadn't seen Steve Francis do some amazing stuff. Even when he played on the Magic, I still got to see him cook. I got Yeah, I got Steve Francis on that one. I ain't gonna lie. I actually agree on that one as well. Um, you are starting a franchise. Do you build around a point guard, a versatile wing, or a great big man? Are we in this era? We're in this era. Oh. Um, you got to build it around versus the wing because I can find a point guard that can shoot. They don't let bigs play big anymore, so that's almost not an option now. They're not going to let – unless you get like a Jokic or an Embiid. I mean, you count Giannis as a big, but he's more – he's really a versatile wing. Yeah, give me the wing. 
because you're going to have to double him at some point, and I can just kick it out to shooters. What's funny is in the 80s, 90s, um, early 2000s, actually in the 60s and 70s as well, your answer would probably have been a great big because that's what the successful teams were doing, obviously outside of like Jordan's Bulls and whatnot. Um, you, 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 uh, the next question is you have to live on a desert island and can only bring three basketball video games. Which ones are you bringing? Oh, okay. Give me – oh, darn. I'm definitely taking NBA Street 2. I need NBA Street 2. That is, like, a must. I feel like I low-key can survive on an island with just NBA Street 2. But I got NBA Street 2. Give me – give me 2K14. If I can mod 14, yeah, give me 14 because I can play that forever. And then I need one for more fun. Um, I'm darn sure not taking 2K23. I will not give myself a headache and rage on the deserted island. <laughs> um, and the issue too, I got that. Give me the N1 game. Give me because I can play. Then I have a balance. I got two games I can really play for fun. And then if I really need like a real NBA setting, I can just play mod to 14. And 2K14, like you said, if you have modding capability and you're allowed to connect to the internet and everything, the mods for that are endless. You could do, you know, college mods, streetball mods, uh, NBA mods, retro mods, all of that. So that would definitely, like, keep you busy on a desert island. So the, the last question is, if you could connect with one person on Parsec that you have not connected with before and play any video game who would that be oh that i haven't connected where i can play oh this is gonna be this is gonna be wild but stay with me i would get ld2k but we would play the esl mod and i would show him what blacktop really could be <laughs> i would get oh, I ld it. like ld just play the mod bro look i know y'all might not like mods but look just stay with – give me 20 minutes – give me one half of basketball, and I'll give him whoever he want on his squad, and he'll see how crazy the environments are, and he'll probably rock with us. Maze, so he I'll, listens I'll to the show. He follows the channel, and he listens uh, – he comments on it uh, every now and then as far as, like, if we come up with a topic and, you know – and he sees the post, he'll be like, oh, this will be a good conversation or I'll listen in. So um, who knows? He may listen to this show. Oh, it'd be it'd be funny, though, if he uh, like took you up on that offer, too. Bro, it would be so fun because he's tweeted me back before when I had um, TG so good help me convert and get a um, Vic Van Leer cyber face. In, so I got to play with Vic Van Leer. And I tagged LD in the tweet, and he actually tweeted me back. It was like, nah, he dead, dead. I'm like, ah, come on, LD, we brought him back. But it was like, it was cool that he even replied, because it's like, obviously, he knew it was a mod. But it was just like, okay, you do see it. So that's pretty cool. I tried to get him to release Wimbenyana's 2K24 rating early, and he just sent back eyes emojis. I didn't get the rating, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so nba player obviously you'd probably want to connect with lebron right because so yeah. i know that lebron you obviously the famous picture of him carrying around a playstation 2 and whatnot when he was a teenager he's been playing basketball video games you know as long as we have so i'm sure that that would be a dream to like actually get him to play any game and just get a run in with him 
because yeah, he has a photographic memory. So it's like Braun will see something because I feel like that would be like an ultimate test, like actually playing him. Because I, he saw me run this one play. Braun has seen every play probably ever in basketball. So now if I run this on 2K and it works the first time, what's the likelihood this works three times? I feel like his adjustments will probably be so crazy. It would be cool to kind of just see how his brain works playing the game. Because I know he plays a lot of Madden too. So just like watching how his brain will work and then see if that competitiveness kicks in and like, all right, he really want to win this game. But like we really start going at it, that would be fire. Yeah. You know, it's great. Like LeBron and I are actually – LeBron and Andrew and I are all basically – the same age. And I, I find that 0304 draft class and some draft classes around it super unique because it's basically a bunch of guys that were around playing the same games that, you know, we were playing like coming up and whatnot. And I've always found that cool. I, I think Andrew as well. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, that was for me uh, kind of a wake up call, I guess, cause I was making roster updates for live PC at the time and, and suddenly I'm creating plays with birth years that are my birth year, 1984, or younger. And that's like, you know what? I'm not a kid anymore. That was that was my I'm not a kid anymore moment when I'm creating plays in a video game that have younger birth dates. Birth years have come after mine. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was wild, that 2003 draft class, to see people from 84 and 85 uh, getting drafted, for sure. That's cool to even see. I'm, see, that happened to me recently. That's why I, knew I wasn't going to the league. I was looking at, like, the stuff. I'm like, okay. It says class of 2015. I started looking at the top 100. I'm like, I can't beat nobody on this list. <laughs> I, <don't think> like, <laughs> I started, like, I used to, like, just because I, I was delusional. I thought at 5, 6, it was still a chance. So I would really just, like, Google who were the top players in the class and watch that highlights. Like, do I think I could beat the one-on-one? Oh, that was a long day. That was a reality. Yeah. And I'm like, I probably should pay attention to class or something because – I'm about to figure something else out. They good. They good, and everybody fast now. Everybody like, oh, he's 6'8 and a point guard? Why are you going to get me a 5'6? Like, <laughs> right, what are you going to do out there, right? Yeah, exactly, like with, with somebody that size. I think um, certain basketball skills, um, and then we can wrap this up as well. I, I think certain basketball skills, though, kind of – like basically can be good in any era for any player at any level. And one of those is shooting. And I've actually seen video. You showed me video of you putting up jump shots and whatnot. And regardless of your height, you can shoot the ball. Like I told you, um, like you have a nice form as well. Um, have you ever like had an itch to like challenge an NBA player to a shooting competition? maybe like a three-point contest or something like that, some some loudmouth like Draymond Green? I would get Draymond. Look, I would try to get Draymond out of here. There's someone I do, so look, this may sound petty, but it is what it is. I would try Ben Simmons because I have – I got to find him. someone on my mother's phone. We used to get – when the Sixers sucked, we used to get like the little um, like six-game packages or whatever because it wasn't that expensive to go see, you know, the trust the process Sixers when they were trash. So we got to watch courtside. Uh, we sat courtside to watch warm-ups. And at the end of the game, they let us on the floor to, like, shoot free throws, like, with a real NBA ball on a real NBA floor. Like, they handed me a ball. I was like, yo, this is, like, real. I hit both my free throws in that Philly arena. So my logic with Ben Simmons is like, bro, if I can do it, you can do it. So I would shoot. That would be cool to, like, shoot versus, like, a Ben and see if he really could do it. A Draymond, definitely, because Draymond lost to Kevin Hart. I feel like I could beat Kevin Hart, so there ain't no way I should lose to Draymond. 
I would have to play. It would not have to be a big though. Like I have to get like a DeAndre Jordan to come out there and shoot with me because you go up against a Steph or Clay, it's going to be a long day. I went to a Golden State Warriors game two years ago, and it was Celtics versus Golden State. And Draymond Green was warming up, and I saw him miss like ten, eighteen footers in a row. He just kept missing over and over and over again. And I'm like, you know what? I could have hit at least five of those. <laughs> even like not warmed up and I'm like, get your stuff together. Like there's no way you should be missing that many when you're in the NBA. And you know, he's not a banger really either. Like he's not a post-up player. He's more of like a distributing forward the way he plays basketball. So it's like, you should probably be hitting at least a couple of those, but yeah, Andrew, is there anybody that, uh, that you'd love to get into a shooting competition with? Maybe, I think I'd like to have a, uh, a free throw shootout with Shaq. I think I could do that. I think I could beat Shaq in a free throw shootout. Um, I, I want to see if he can make them, you know, because that was his thing was like, uh, you know, I, I make him when I need him. And obviously he's going to want to make him to beat some guy from Australia. So uh, let, let's see. Let's see if he can put his basketballs where his uh, mouth is. Yeah. Shaq I think he might be able to win that one. I met Shaq when I was a little bro. Shaq was actually by my house like, a year ago, he was literally seven minutes down the street, and I was at work, and I was pissed because <laughs> I wanted to go. I met Shaq as a baby. I wanted to meet him in person as like an adult. Well, he's uh, originally from New Jersey, isn't he? I mean, he, he talks about growing yeah, up in San North. Antonio, but uh, yeah, no, he from Essex County, man. So he literally was like right by. Like Shaq still comes around. He owns like a bunch of stuff out here too. He owns like apartment complexes, movies, um, theaters, and all that. Like Shaq, Shaq are really just like you'll just look up like. Yeah, so Shaq's at this restaurant. What? Is he ra- okay? How are we going? So it was like it's always <laughs> cool to like just see him just like randomly come back home. That's awesome. So Mace, thank you so much for joining us today. We've been looking forward to having you on the show. It's been a great conversation. Great to have you on. We'd love to have you back sometime. But as we wrap up here, anything you'd like to promote, anything at all, just let our listeners know. First off, I appreciate y'all having me on here, man. I listen to y'all while I'm at work, so it's really great to actually finally be on the show. This is fire. It was amazing to sit down and actually be able to talk ball with two great people, two great people in the community that have helped me with a lot of things, helped get everything set up that I needed to on PC and with Parsec and all that. I'm always appreciative of y'all. ESL Season 2 on the way, man. ESL Season 2 actually starts tomorrow. Tomorrow is the first stream season opener Myself versus my boy 2K Mac, Sunset Beach versus Ghoul Squad. We're going to get out there and try to get a win. I have Stretch Monroe on my team, so I hope that helps me out a little bit, help me really get a dub. Follow the YouTube, man, King J Mace Gaming, Twitter at King J Mace, Instagram at King J Mace. I'm just here to make good content, have fun, and try to bring people together through basketball video games and just really try to keep pushing this thing forward, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. Thank you. It was awesome having you on the show. And uh, I'll definitely be tuning in to your streams moving forward as I have in the past. And people, listen, if you want to have some fun watching a great content creator, go watch King J. Mays. Uh, great personality. And he's a good dude. So, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate y'all, man. So thank you once again to King J. Mays for joining us. Awesome to have him on the show, Derek. And uh, yeah, everybody, please follow him on socials and check out his YouTube channel. Subscribe there and check out his content because Derek, he's just doing a great job with everything. Yeah, awesome dude. Awesome content creator. Super entertaining. And he is great for the basketball gaming space. 
So we hope you enjoyed our chat with King J. Mace. Again, I'd love to have him on the show again sometime. But uh, for now, that has brought us to the end of this week's show. As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week, either on the MLSC, mv-live.com, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media. That's where you can get in touch with us. And of course, stay up to date with all of our content. So Derek, go ahead and plug the handles. You can reach me on Twitter at D43G and at D4384. I'm also on the NLSC, D43, and on YouTube, D43. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. And of course, give it a look to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in, and until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>